progressive architect pa really you're, you're really trolling there grandpa and getting back into the history welcome to Archispeak, a fortnightly podcast about all things architecture my name is evan troxel and i'm one of your hosts along with neil pan and cormac phelan have you ever wondered what it's like to work in the profession of architecture have you ever worked with an architect have you ever wanted to be an architect Maybe you're in school and don't know what you're getting yourself into, or perhaps you know exactly what it's like because you've been working in the profession for a long time, and you know that the more things change, the more they stay the same. Or maybe, just maybe, you're planning on changing the world. Join us as we have a casual conversation about our passion, architecture. It's time for some Archispeak. Welcome to episode 102 of the Archispeak podcast. I'm Neil Pan. I'm Evan Troxell. And I'm Cormac Phelan. And this episode of Archispeak is sponsored by RCAT. Check out all the features they offer over at ARCAT.com. And we'd also like to welcome Archisnapper. We'll talk about each of these sponsors later in the show. But first up, Evan, you have a little announcement to make, right? That's right. So let's see. In... A week from now, but only a, a few days after this podcast goes live. So right now we're recording, let's see, it's November 3rd, but this podcast goes live on the 6th, which means uh, four days after that, on the 10th, I will be doing a talk at AIA Orange County about ARE hacks and about just how to kind of get yourself ready to pass the ARE licensing exam. So if anybody is listening to this podcast who thinks they could come to that, I would love to see you there and meet you. So head on over to the link in the show notes, and we will provide that at arcaspeakpodcast.com. And on the right side of every page, you can click on a link and enter your name and email address to subscribe to those show notes. You'll get a link to that, and you can get all the details about AIA Orange County and that particular event so that you can sign up and let them know that you're going to be coming. And like I said, head over to arcaspeakpodcast.com and subscribe to the show notes, and we will mail you all the links that we send out with every episode that comes along. And that's all we do with that email list. So uh, it pays to subscribe because you can follow along with everything we're talking about. So tonight we were going to talk about, we got a, a listener who wrote in and asked if we've ever done a show about our favorite architectural magazines or periodicals. And so I guess we're going to try to answer that question the best to our ability. So uh, let's let's just jump into that and, and talk about, I guess maybe something kind of appropriate to talk about here is the, the changing landscape of architectural magazines and, and periodicals. So have you guys seen a trend over the last years about this kind of stuff? Other than the magazines going <laughs> away? <laughs> I was going to say the, sh the shift from paper to digital when even, yeah, exactly. you know, and even all of the kind of like mainstay subscriptions, like once it switched from record to architect magazine, you, know, you used to get the AIA subscription when you got paid for your membership. And you got your magazine and more and more I see that renewals come in as shifting to a digital option um, only rather than digital and print. It used to be where uh, even if you didn't have the subscription, there'd be at least like 15 or 16 um, magazines floating around the office that no one wanted. So you could pick it up and just not have to worry about paying for your subscription because there was going to be somebody who didn't want theirs. Oh. 
<laughs> so now, fortunately, you have to uh, have one so that you can log in and um, and read it online, which is probably, honestly, a lot better because the cool thing about it is is that they're searchable, taggable. Uh, I don't – this is – dating myself but you know there used to be where have stacks and stacks and stacks and probably still have stacks and stacks of old architectural or architecture magazines or progressive architecture or all these other different magazines and then go through them sit down and go through them and then just kind of clip out um, articles or images and stuff that I thought were, you know, things that I would like to revisit later on down the road or something that was inspiring. And so I'd have almost, almost like scrapbooking of different projects and stuff. And now, uh, the cool thing and the easy thing about it is that we can bookmark everything and, and, um, it actually makes it easy because I was, uh, happened to, um, I think I in one of the recommendations that we were uh, given one time, I was talking about the add-on for um, um, uh, Google Chrome. Google Chrome add-on, and I, for some reason, blanking on uh, which was the add-on. But basically, it was just an architectural tab that every time you opened up a new tag, it had a new um, project on there. And um, so I had like thousands of tabs open. And I just happened to look. Once you get to the end of the article, you can save it. I'm like, well, wait. <laughs> so now I don't have to open up 15, uh, 15 or 16 different tabs um, trying to basically essentially do what I used to do, which was the old school bookmarking. Now all I have to do is click and save. Yeah, I think that was Arc Daily, right? Yeah, Arc Daily. Thank you. Oh, I <laughs> want to go back there for back for a second. Do you progressive architect? PA, really? You're you're really trolling there, Grandpa, and getting back into the history. I used that's to, an old you know, magazine. I, some of the earlier offices that I worked for, they had you know really really old um, subscriptions, oh, okay. like everything. Right. And I used to, you know, they were throwing them out, so I would take them. I All thought right. they were great. It was a great magazine, actually. Yeah, actually, it's still to this day. I think is probably to me probably one of my favorite ones. Yeah, definitely. Because well, it seemed I think, like it was more about architecture and not yeah. just one big long ad. That's yes. kind of what I like about Arc Daily is that, yeah, you get, you have the sidebar ads and all that other stuff, but you can read about the meat of the of just the project. Uh, I think it's it's interesting that with like architecture, you can get the magazine or you can get it digitally. I don't really care to get it digitally. Uh, actually, we get two of them here so actually they it gave me an option of not getting it since they recognize that they're sending two to the same house so i was able to not have it and then just my wife gets it and then we have the one copy here but i have to admit i don't read it and there's a couple of reasons why probably that i don't the main one is it doesn't have a lot to do with what i do on a daily basis I mean, my job now and, and has been in the past, and even when I was working for myself, I was doing remodels and additions, nothing like what you'd read about in those magazines or see in those magazines. And granted, they would, they would publish some really cool stuff, but it didn't really relate to the type of work I was doing. And even now, with working again for a firm and, and most of the work I'm doing is uh, right now multifamily uh, production work and single family as well a little bit of that 
And so it doesn't relate to anything in those magazines. I mean, even the products that advertise in those magazines are not products that we would use in the residential market or the residential production market, at least that I, that I work with. And so there's, there's just not much there. And, and probably because I'm so, you know, I've got a family, I on the planning commission, I've got a lot of things on my plate. And so I really just don't have time to sit back and enjoy the, I don't take the time. Let me put it that way. I don't take the time to sit back and kind of enjoy the, the larger world of architecture that is, is being presented in, in reading those magazines. Yeah, I agree with that. I think that, that because, because of how busy everybody is nowadays, like that's the thing that falls to the bottom of the list is, you know, I don't feel like I have sit time to sit around and read a magazine. I, I'd rather sit around and read a book where I'm a little more invested in it for a longer period of time and I can pick it up and put it down. And I feel like magazines are more entertainment. And, and while I, I wish I had time for that, I, I kind of don't, at least at this point right now. I don't know. I, 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 I'm a little different. I, I mean, cause I still have all the different email subscriptions to all the different like magazines, dwell architect magazine, get the uh, online architecture record magazine, uh, design boom that you I go on and on in the architecture's newspaper. And so basically all I do is I, I kind of like flip through them, flip through the email and whatever eye candy strikes me, then maybe I'll click on that one and try to learn a little bit more about that particular project. But to me, I think it's all about looking at the aesthetics of what's going on outside of my office and just kind of, it's almost like to me, you know, and, and you said it best, Evan, it's like entertainment. It's almost all of the stuff that I read is just like, what's the latest fashion? And just kind of see, ooh, look, green avocado is in. Yeah, and I, and I don't mean to demean it at all. I, I don't mean it in that way. I, I just, I, it's more of my personal perception of it than anything. But I think that because I know how much work goes into that kind of thing, right? So I don't want to demean it for that because those those articles are well done. Uh, sometimes they are and sometimes they aren't. Sometimes you're reading through there and you're just... In, no, that's true. You wonder if they're just writing it as quick as they can just to have some words accompany pictures and you were like, well, you know, honestly, the pictures would have just done fine. You didn't really need to say anything. Just give me a, just <laughs> a little quick bullet points of what the project is because a lot of, I mean, I'm finding, and this is me being a little curmudgeon Neil Panish, but, um, but really, <laughs> yeah, really. But, I, I, I'm finding more and more of all these different articles and it doesn't matter if I'm reading like an actual news article or, or an architecture article or something like that. They're really poorly written, you know, and, and you, and you just, wonder. well, we all look at and, the pictures you, anyway. You, you right? wonder, I mean, I'm, I'm starting to pull an Evan Troxel on everything, you know, like scrutinizing. I was like, that's not even a word. <laughs> that period doesn't go there, you know, and just, just wondering why yeah. things got through the editor, how somebody didn't catch that. Or he's like, the, the, like, really? You... Yeah. Even I know that, you know, word double, you know, squiggly lines underneath it and says delete, you know, repeated word. Um, but yeah. what's amazing to me is how cheap magazine subscriptions yeah. are and how oh. like, like one, one, one year I 
got myself a few on Amazon because they are so cheap and they're great. Like it's a great kind of guilty pleasure, right? To have, have these. And I, and I actually didn't read any of them. I got two or three subscriptions. So I had several magazines piling up every month and I never read one of them. And then I felt guilty because there was the pile, Mm -hmm. right? The pile on my desk. And uh, then that guilt was like taking over every time I'd see it. And then I had to hide the pile somewhere. And, And now it sits in a, in a bookcase somewhere because I can't bring myself to throw them out or recycle them. So it's uh, it's bad news all around. I did. I, I used to keep, I remember cue the old man jokes here, but no, the, when I first started working, the architect I worked for, he, he had those magazines. And when I first started, I really didn't know where I was going to end up or what type of work I'd be doing in my career. So I devoured those magazines, although I probably just spent most time looking at the pictures. So I probably wasn't looking at the, uh, the copy to edit it as, as Cormac was just saying, uh, or proofreading, I guess I should say, but I would keep most of those magazines. And after a while I had piles and piles of PA and architecture and record and, and a number of those, uh, main magazines of the, of the time. And, after a while, it got to be a real pain in the butt to be moving them around. And so I, I eventually started, I, I filtered them out at first. And you know, I, I only kept like record houses, right? Each, each year there'd be a record houses issue and I'd kept those. And then after a while, I, I think I just got rid of all of them. So I had nowhere to put them. Uh, eventually, I, I just couldn't keep them. And going back to what you were saying, Cormac, about finding things, right? I mean, you could go, oh, I think I saw this, but oh, I have no idea where it's at. And so finding it, you, you just couldn't do. And so then they just sat there. And then I was like, well, I haven't looked at these things in a decade. I don't think I need them anymore. So it was toss. And and I think that's true for a lot of things that uh, that we have nowadays. I mean, a lot of most of our periodicals or even newspapers, right? It's all online. We can get those articles. We look at them online. And thankfully, because uh, of economics that we're not really going to get into on this topic uh, tonight, but it, it's, you know, for the most part free. You can read these articles and you're, you're good to go. And to me, the most important part about it is the shareability of everything, oh. right? Because a lot of times I'll I'll read something and I think, oh, this applies to to my friend Tom or this applies to my friend Mark or whatever. And I can send it to them, which is a lot harder. I mean, if they're in another office, if they're in the same office, it's not a big deal to drag a magazine over to them, but it's so shareable. And I, that's kind of the economy we live in now, right? Is just how shareable everything is. Everything's got a a Facebook or a Twitter or an email link on it that you can forward it to somebody else. So I'm curious what, what sort of, if, if we're not really reading these, clearly we're not really reading the periodicals or magazines much anymore. What are we reading? Are we reading record? Are we reading other architectural magazines or other sites, right? Or what sort of sites are we reading that uh, might have an architectural uh, flavor or topic to them? I mean, you, you mentioned Arc Daily uh, earlier, Cormac, are there others? The usual suspects. Yeah. Well, yeah, well, I mean, what are I, some of the usual suspects that you guys are listening or reading? Well, to me, and it doesn't matter as much the title of the site, because there's, you know, I think everybody already knows the Dezines and Design Milk and Archetizer and Arc Daily and all that stuff. I think what matters more to me is the community that lives there and who, who shows up. And that's one of the things like Archonnect, for instance, has such a strong community 
And because that part of it is also searchable, uh, and it's not just formatted around the content that gets posted by the editors, but gets posted by the users too, I think it's a much more vibrant place. So things like Archonnect or Reddit, if you go to the um, Reddit architecture section, where there is a community of people posting things and talking about them, those things to me seem to be uh, the most revisited things on my list. So uh, even even Facebook groups like Entree Architect, I mean, that's something that I go to all the time because people are posting real questions that apply to my everyday life. Like you were saying, Neil, how the, the magazine doesn't have stuff in there that applies to what you do. I like to go to the places that do also. So so Facebook groups, things like that I've actually subscribed to where it's a it's a group of people who are in similar situations as I am. I think things like that tend to grab my attention when I need to go out looking for something. Otherwise for me it's like searches, right? It's and not necessarily Google. I found like Flickr searches are really good or Pinterest searches, but those aren't really I don't it's not something I go to on a guilty pleasure kind of a thing. Um it's just stuff I go to when I need it. More more guilty pleasure for me would be like Instagram, like all the architecture stuff I follow on Instagram. It's just a kind of a curated feed. Yeah. Yeah, it's a I mean, I, I pretty much did the uh, the same thing. Um, I mean, I, I do, like I said, I and I already kind of like rattled off plenty of them just like uh, Evan did. And I seem I seem to probably read more of those um, news, you know, the daily newsletters from Arc Daily and Design Boom and all these other ones. But I still like to sit down with the magazine, even though I'm probably breezing through it i mean we still get um both record and architect magazine in the office and um i sit there and i kind of still breeze through those plus we also get the periodicals that are more in tune with what we're doing there's like the the colleges and and academic type um architecture magazines i I don't don't think i could really add much more than what what evan just said i used to get magazines like dwell i feel like like you were saying earlier, Cormac, it's it's like feels like seventy five, eighty percent ads now, and and it it really bugs me, <laughs> really a turn off. And I get it; they're trying to make money doing what they do. I, so I can't, I don't know if I can blame them or not, but it's just it's a real turn off. I, I think the I think it's we've shifted. I mean, we don't we aren't necessarily reading the magazines anymore, and so and I think even with like the more recent relaunch of dwell on their you know making a bigger push for like online subscriptions and things like that um where you get more content and and more articles and things like that through their online subscription i think it's more the fact that just if they want to keep putting out print magazines (laughs) they need people aren't buying them i i used to remember that i in fact I, i think i just got a uh um an email from architecture record um, asking me to sign up and subscribe. And I can remember when architectural record used to be like over a hundred bucks a year for subscription. And, you know, people would like happily buy it. I mean, the, the, I think the, I I can't remember what the sticker price was, but I mean, it, it was, it was like eight bucks or something like that per, per issue. And now they're offering it for like 12 bucks for the entire year. I'm like, wow, that's like how the mighty have fallen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. 
All right, so uh, let's take, since we're talking about periodicals, let's take a minute to uh, talk about our uh, sponsor. What is the one thing that we do in our practice? Search the internet for content, right? That's what we're talking about right now. Well, we want to let you know about RCAT.com. RCAT is an online resource devoted to bringing you content to the building professional. They have huge libraries that you can access, and they don't hit you up for subscriptions. Hey, what was I just talking about? Subscriptions. There are no fees, and they won't make you register for download to content. We've all been there. You finally find the right file, and you get blocked with registration pop-ups. And you think, thanks for wasting my time. I'll go look for it somewhere else. RCAT's BIM library is really second to none and available in just about any format you need. In fact, their entire BIM library is formatted to at least the latest five versions of Revit. Their CAD library has thousands of CAD details, and if you need specs, the RCAT library has the most consistent library you'll find. Every single spec is written in a three-part CSI format. There is so much more on their site, including catalogs, videos, and a spec wizard. Go to RCAT.com or download their app to check it all out. It is a great free resource, and you don't have to register to use. Check out RCAT today at ARCAT.com, and don't forget to provide feedback on their site. There's a button on the right-hand side on every page. Have a suggestion to make RCAT better? Click the feedback button and let them know and tell them that ArcaSpeak sent you. Thanks for RCAT for sponsoring uh, this episode of ArcaSpeak. Now let's get back to the conversation. I, I think one of the things that's interesting is we've mentioned several different sites and periodicals or that have sites. But I thought, Evan, you mentioned something that I, I find very interesting and something that is absorbing some of that time that we might otherwise have spent in the past, say, reading the magazine. And you mentioned the community. You mentioned Reddit or the Entree Architect uh, Facebook group. I mean, there's so much conversation that's happening on, uh, at least, say, on the Entree site that is so pertinent to everything that we do because it's architects that are asking questions about how to be an architect or some aspect of being an architect, either running their own business or how do you deal with billing or I have got this client that is asking me this, how should I handle it? And I find it interesting that these community groups are really taking up maybe some of that time, not in a bad way here, but they're really absorbing that time that we might've spent say offline reading those magazines and, and maybe doing some of that other work. I don't know. Maybe that's not true, but I find that I'm also doing that too. It's like, oh, well, somebody has a question. I think I have an answer for that. And I, I feel obligated to try and, and respond to that, right? I want to respond. I want to try and be helpful. I want to share sort of like what we're doing with this podcast. We're trying to share our knowledge and our information and sometimes our just complete it, babbling you know, idiocy, but it's, it's we're trying to share and and I think that's that's something that the magazines aren't providing that's being provided somewhere else. Well, yeah, it's going from a consuming to a two way street, right? So we we all are have the opportunity to give as much as we take, or or some percentage of each one of those. Whereas before, it was it was a one way street. Yeah, but some of the streets are sort of still one way because as good as like say. I'm not even going to you know, say them by name. But anyway, as as good as some of the conversations are, 
they're pretty limited to like small firms, you know, sole practitioner type stuff. And, and like, so for you, Neil, you came from that world and yeah, you're working for a larger firm, but you are still doing more residentially oriented projects. Sure. I'm doing something completely different. And those type of conversations have absolutely no application to me. I mean, the conversation is great. And some of the insight is fantastic for, you know, if I was doing a side project or something, which I don't ever have time to do anymore, thankfully. So the conversation to me doesn't help me. And what's interesting is that's why I still actually read the the magazines is because they're still they're at least talking about and that maybe not in a conversation way, but they're still talking about the projects that make sense to me. Because I'm doing larger scale projects, bigger projects, you know, several, you know, hundreds of thousands of square feet type projects and stuff. And so those are the things that I'm looking for from a commercial side of things. I know that LinkedIn has plenty of conversation groups and stuff like that, but I kind of find those even still kind of one way conversations. It's, you know, somebody wants to just say something and doesn't really <laughs> welcome conversation. Well, the the periodicals, I feel like, for the most part are publishing projects that are out of the reach of a lot of people, right? That's probably the major complaint. Always. On the other hand, I kind of feel like where would architecture be without those projects? Uh, And so while people complain about them and the complexity and the the budgets and, you know, they're out out of this world kind of thing, I also feel like they're kind of keeping the dream alive. And that's, that's how I categorize them. That's the way I always look at those is that they're they're more just about inspiration. It's like, oh, you can do something like that. Really? Okay. You know, and, and sometimes I even like to reverse engineer. It's like, okay, so this guy probably had, let's say, $500 a square foot type, you know, budget or something. How can I do something similar to that for $100 a square foot? That's where I kind of have the fun challenges trying to figure out how to do something, maybe high style architecture for the beer budget. <laughs> Well, other than just record and architecture and some of the other larger uh, publications that we've mentioned, lots, of, and I know we we sort of touched on this a little bit earlier, but there are also very market-specific periodicals oh, yeah. Yeah, that yeah, are yeah, out yeah. there as well. And like Residential Architect, and or, or Residential Architecture, I think it is, and they focus strictly on residential and oftentimes on production. And so there is that out there. And and we mentioned Entree Architect and that there's specific types of conversations that happen there. But I'm sure there's other groups out there that are talking about the type of work that you're doing or that, that Evan's doing or that I'm doing as well. So there are groups that will do all of those things. It's just a matter of being a, port, a part of that group. and. Well, you know, spending the time to do that. And I, I think spending the time doing that is taking away the time that we might be otherwise looking at the pretty pictures of other magazines. Well, the the difference is and the, the beauty of, you know, sites like Entree Architect and, and other kind of outlets like that are is you're getting a collection of small firm sole practitioners together and creating a community as if you were in a large firm studio. And, and so where Entree Architect has, has created basically the, the water cooler chat for a bunch of guys that are working in their own places throughout the country, I've got 
the water cooler at my office kind of thing. I've got the pods that I can walk around and I can talk to other people that basically are doing the same thing I'm doing and talk to them about whatever it is that I'm struggling with or, you know, feel like talking about or, hey, did you see this project? You know, what do you think about that kind of thing? And so you remember you remember this. It's just, you know, when you're working out of your house, you don't have anybody to talk to. You don't have, you know, that outlet of saying, you know, hey, I was thinking about this particular design option, you know, and you don't have anybody to bounce off of. And so communities like that are fantastic for being able to do stuff like that. Whereas in the studio, you have like your studio mates to sit and talk to. You know, I always found that I remember when I was when I stopped working for myself and I started working for a larger firm and I was interviewing and I was showing them a project that I that I did. And I, I won an award for it, but they were just like, I kind of have a feeling that you did this on your own without really kind of like talking to other people because, you know, maybe you would have done this or that. And I'm sitting there looking at him and, and we're kind of basically doing a design critique of, you know, a, a project of mine that's already built and everything else. And I'm like, this is actually good. I, I This is probably what I was missing to kind of enrich, you know, some of my projects. And that's what I like about those things. But that's kind of what I like to get out of these periodicals and stuff. Hey, well, let's take a quick break and let's talk about how we can make our projects better. I mean, that's uh, during construction. That's always a problem, right? So we have a sponsor here that can help provide a solution for all, and architects and engineers to up to half the time they spend on field reports and punch lists. So if you ever had that problem, you get out to a job site, you've got to do your field report and do all this, and then you you kind of maybe scribble it down on your notepad and you take it back to the... Uh, no. Check out ArcaSnapper. ArcaSnapper.com. With ArcaSnapper software, you can just forget about that camera in, in the notepad. You can draft and access your reports on site all through the app. You can draw and sketch, annotate different things, and all of this information is automatically numbered and classified. And then it's all uploaded to the cloud. It synchronizes securely to the cloud. Uh, once you get back to the office, you can send it all out. It's all automatically numbered. It saves you time. And that's one of the most important things we have because we all bill by time, right? And so if we can save time in having to deal with this, ArcaSnapper provides a great tool to help us save that time. So it's simple, quick, and secure. And now it's used by over 2,000 architects worldwide and counting. So this is a true tried and tested app. So check out arcasnapper.com. And if you go to our uh, website at arcaspeakpodcast.com slash episodes slash 102, we'll have a special link in there that you can get to their site and help out the show at the same time. So check out arcasnapper.com and let them know that ArcaSpeak sent you. So guys, what else about periodicals that we still like or do we care? We talked earlier about the fact that we're not even subscribing, we're getting them digitally. Do we still want the paper? They're glamour magazines and you look at the pretty pictures and, and <laughs> you know, and, and that's and that's why I still like to pick them up and flip through them and, and all that other stuff. I think what's what's cool about them is that it's still kind of a rite of passage for architects. So 
architects are striving to get their projects in those where it's easy. You can publish your own projects on your own website and get them, you know, hopefully syndicated to other websites or whatever. I think that's maybe a little bit easier. Uh, that's definitely the system that's in place, but you still have to kind of go through the gatekeepers to get it into a paper periodical. And so to me, there's a little bit higher of a bar there maybe, um, or at least that's my perception. And so I think that you kind of have to hit some kind of a quality level to make that happen. And so there's definitely an appeal to that. Um, to, it, it is a little more exclusive. It feels like, yeah, there is, um, you know, we've, we've talked about, you know, all the periodicals, both, you know, digital and in magazine form and stuff like that. But there is the one periodical that still exists in, and I, to me personally, because you were talking about rite of passage and trying to, you know, get published and stuff like that. And I think like these Washington Post, New York Times, LA Times and stuff still have uh, architecture section, architecture and design sections and um, still have architecture critics and stuff that are out there writing about projects, writing about buildings and things like that, that I think are probably even more scrutinized on getting projects in there. Uh, do you guys have got any opinion on like still the old fashioned print media? I see it. I, I don't really know. Not I mean, the, it's still digital, the, but. No, well, yes, exactly. But the San Francisco Chronicle here in the in the San Francisco Bay Area, they do have an architectural section. It, it I don't recall how often you know they do uh, articles. Uh, maybe it's just once a week or something. But uh, they do have somebody that does that, and uh, I don't see it that often because I'm not really looking at that particular paper, much to their dismay, I'm sure. But uh, I, I don't really see it. But I also see. Um, Something that can be important that does kind of you think might have that high bar as well. But there are some local like magazines um, here in the Bay Area. We have one. Uh, I, I can't remember the exact name, but it's like di- it covers a particular section here in the Bay Area. And they do show interior design and other designs. Oh, yeah. And so there's the like these little like local type of uh, periodicals that will cover architecture or the architectural related design field. And so there's there's those. And I think, as Evan said earlier, there probably is a higher bar, right? Because anybody can start a website and publish your own work. And that's great. That's And we all do that. But to get somebody else to publish your work in their either magazine or on their site it is really great. I mean, we do that for the show, right? I mean, we get mentioned by uh, different publications. Uh, actually, ArchiSnapper, our sponsor, mentioned us in a blog post uh, that they had about architectural podcasts. So, you know, what do we do? We we link to that. We we publish that as well. Uh, you know, it's really it's an honor uh, for us, and then I'm sure it's an honor for anyone who gets their work published in those. Yeah, I, I think that the things that you're mentioning, Cormac, are have a, have a great place because they're, they're a voice. They're a consistent voice. Kind of like the reason we people listen to podcasts, right? Cause they're listening for those people's voice or opinions about a thing. And so when you're talking about architectural critics, like Christopher Hawthorne in the LA times is one that I know in our office, people are always wondering what he's going to write next about projects that are of importance in our area. And so when, when it comes to Zumthor's, you know, museum that's going to happen in 
La Brea Tar Pits area and the new George Lucas Museum in Los Angeles. And I'm just kind of scrolling through LA Times. He's talking about the new African American Museum in DC. Even if it's not in our area, people tune in for that voice and that that consistency um, and, and what kind of weaves all of his stories together and what makes a voice popular. And, and I think people look forward to that kind of thing. So I could see how the ones that you're talking about are still held important because it is a particular writer with a voice. Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, um, you know, I know that the Washington post, uh, you know, he, the, the critic goes on the local NPR station a lot and talks about local, um, you know, about, exactly what you're talking about what are some of the local projects uh going on that you know tend to be um national high profile projects as well but you know they're also kind of of interest to us you know we you know neil you actually um also mentioned you know like things that are local to the san francisco bay area and you know we've got like I was just thinking like, well, yeah, we, I think we have stuff like that. And in, in like, we have the Washingtonian magazine and Bethesda magazine and both of them, interestingly enough, seem to be geared towards like interior design. And they've got a lot of, a lot of advertisements about architects and, and, you know, interior designing and, and things like that. So it's, it's kind of like a at home in Bethesda or at home in Washington DC type slant towards these magazines. So it really does have a lot of like what's happening architecturally within the area. And, and so I think those are as critically important as some of the, the more national stuff that's more geared towards us, but the more local stuff, including even the newspaper, you know, that has an access to architecture that isn't just solely stuck for just architects. It's for everybody. So that that was kind of what I was thinking when I was when I was asking you guys. That is that I mean, these are still like the local the local uh, architecture critic for the local paper, which happens to be, you know, the Washington Post is Pulitzer Prize winner. You know, so I mean, it's just. So he's not just talking. He's just he's he's waxing poetic about architecture, just like we love to do. And, and I would maybe just wrap up by saying that there's there's still something about paper, right? I I just posted a blog post this week on my site about why I did a paper version of my book. Originally, I wasn't planning on doing that. I was just going to do an ebook. And so when I did decide to do a paper one, and then I actually had it printed, and then I actually held it in my hands, it's an amazing thing and you guys may, may remember like when wired magazine came out yeah and and they printed that cover on that heavy matte oh, yeah, stock yeah, yeah. and you held it and it oh, felt yeah, yeah. amazing and there's something about that and like those are the ones you don't throw away the good stuff right so i i wish magazines still had that level of quality i know why they don't because it's a it's a tough business so i get it but uh there was something about that and and i think there still is something about being able to tear a page out of a magazine and put it up on your magnet board or or, or send, send it over to somebody or fold it into a paper airplane and fly it to the next cubicle or whatever but i think there's still something to that that is lost on the web completely agree all right well hey before we go, I want to uh, give a quick shout out to ARCAT. Check out all the features they offer at ARCAT.com for sponsoring this episode. And thanks to ARCA Snapper as well. 
Check out the ArcaSnapper application and service over at arcasnapper.com. And thanks to them for sponsoring this episode. And for links to all of our catalog of episodes, visit our website at arcaspeakpodcast.com. At the site, you can also sign up for our newsletter. Evan mentioned that at the beginning of the show. We don't send out anything but just the episodes and all of the links that I am busily writing during the uh, recording of this show, actually, to include. So make sure you get that so that you can get links to all the different things and people that we mentioned during this episode. And so don't forget that between episodes, join us in conversation by leaving comments at the website or over on our Facebook page or Twitter. Links to all of those can be found by visiting the one site arcaspeakpodcast.com. And before we go, I just want to also remind everyone who's listening, if you enjoy the show, go over to iTunes, make sure you rate the show. You don't even have to write a review if you don't want to, one sentence or something or nothing at all, but just add the star rating there. It really helps to get the show out on iTunes and uh, raises us up the up the ladder a little bit so uh, people find out about the show. So if you enjoy listening, Go do that for us uh, over at iTunes. Just uh, search for Arca Speak Podcast and you'll find us there. So thanks everyone for listening and we'll see you next time. See you next time. Bye. Put them back in their place